0: This sermon is brought to you by Buford Road Baptist Church. The speaker today is Pastor Tony Cahoot. Well,
1: tonight, take your Bibles and turn to James chapter 4 with me. We're going to uh, pick up in this marvelous study. And I've uh, been blessed, I would say, in more ways uh, than I um, usually am, uh, from different ones making comments to me about this particular book that we're studying. Uh, different ones have let me know in recent days just what a blessing it is to them. And I, I want to thank all of you for uh, taking some time to express that uh, and uh, staying uh, encouraging on your end as we take time to study the Word. So we're going to be looking at James chapter 4 tonight and picking up where we left off. In this, per- I want to read for you um, verses 1 through 3 again, because we left off with, with verse number 3 last week. And uh, I'm going to share with you in just a moment, so I want you to have something to write with you. will not want to miss this. You'll want to write these things down. Uh, about 11 important factors concerning this thing called prayer. Now, it doesn't involve eloquent speech, It doesn't require a high education. There's no money involved with it. It doesn't matter where you live, who you are. But there are some particularities in the word. Because let me ask you this. Have you ever prayed for something for a long time and you feel like your prayers are not getting off of the floor? Maybe you feel like they're not going past the ceiling. There could be some fine-tuning that's necessary in your prayer life. And I want to help you tonight, and I'm going to give you what what I believe, and you'll see this in Scripture as we get to it. I believe 11 essentials in fine-tuning your prayer. And so I want to read this. For you in James chapter 4, beginning in verse 1 From whence come wars and fightings among you? Come they not hence, even of your lusts that war in your members? Ye lust and have not, ye kill and desire to have and cannot obtain, ye fight and war, yet ye have not because ye ask not. Now that's fundamental. Ye have not because ye ask not. And I think even from this introduction part of James tonight, uh, you've been hearing me talk so much about our Christmas offering, and, and I feel like if I hadn't made that clear and plain to you, maybe it would have been a very little offering. I don't know. But I'm trusting you. I'm asking you. I'm telling you what the need is. You know what it is, and I'm trusting that you'll help us. A lot of times we have specific needs, whether it be needs in the church, and sometimes I carry the burdens all by myself. And, and I, I beat myself up at some point in the week, and I said, I should have let the folks know about this. I should have said there's something about that. I, because if you don't know, you, you can't be involved with it. And so this is one of the areas where you can. When the Scripture says you have not because you ask not, I wonder how many times have we missed an answer to prayer. We've missed a blessing because we've just simply not taken the time to go to the throne of grace. And so we need to do that. The word says here in James three, four verse three, "Ye ask and receive not. I want to remind you of something. And I did not give our media this scripture beforehand and maybe they can find it real quickly because we're going to come right back to James four three. but in Luke chapter 11 it's known Jesus was, was in a place and he was praying and after he finished praying disciples came to him and said
0: Lord teach us to pray And Jesus took time and he said, He said, okay. He said, when you pray, pray like this Our Father which art in heaven. And that's
1: found in Luke chapter 11. But the thing that I want to clarify with you tonight, and I've mentioned this several times, this is repetitive teaching, what I'm giving to you right now, because. You've heard me say this many times. I know it's been confusing at times, but if you just listen and and latch a hold of the truth, it'll bless you. This passage of scripture in Luke chapter 11, verse number two, has been called by millions upon millions and even even we sometimes do it innocently as well, but we refer to this as the Lord's Prayer but I want to help you to understand something that this really truly is not the Lord's prayer. This is the model prayer. And somebody might be listening tonight and say, oh my goodness, I can't believe you said that. I've, I've quoted the Lord's prayer ever since I was knee-high to Grasshopper in, in school and public school used to bring the word again. In fact, I, I went to a public school where they did set New Testaments on the desk on the first day of school. I can remember the day. We, we not only had the Gideons brought them in, by the way. The Gideons brought them in, put them on the desk, and we stood by our seat. We saluted the flag. We, we sang a patriotic song and we recited what we referred to as the Lord's Prayer. I'm talking about in 1963, four, where we did that in public schools. Now today we live on a different planet. But... I was taught early in life this was the Lord's Prayer, but I want to show you something that will help you to see that this is the model prayer because
0: Jesus never prayed this prayer. He said in verse
1: number four, I believe it is, get that verse on this. Well, let's go back to Luke 11.1. Uh, 1. Let's try that. Um, And it came to pass that as he was praying in a certain place, when he ceased, one of his disciples said unto him, Lord, teach us to pray as John also taught his disciples. And then in verse two, look at this.
0: And he said unto them, when you pray, when ye pray, Jesus, so the disciples
1: said, Lord, teach us to pray. And Jesus said, okay, I'll do that. He said, when you pray, pray this. Now you say, well, preacher, why is not this the Lord's Prayer? Well, because of verse number four.
0: Get that on screen for us, Brother Justin. Look at this Jesus was perfect, he was sinless,
1: he was spotless, he was the only begotten Son of God. And so, Jesus never had any sin. He never asked the Father to forgive him of one sin, one iota of a sin. He was perfect. So when it says, and forgive us our sins, Jesus was not insinuating that he was a sinner. Jesus never asked the Father to forgive him for sin. Jesus said, when you pray, you pray this, and forgive us our sins. So this is Jesus was telling his disciples, now when you pray to the Father, pray this. Ask the Father to forgive
0: you of your sins. Again, Jesus didn't pray that. He said, when you pray, you pray this. So the
1: Lord was teaching his disciples how to pray. He was giving them exactly what they were asking for, teach us to pray. And there is a method throughout the scripture in the New Testament, things that hinder our prayer life and things that will help us to get through. And This is where we left off last week. In verse 3, you ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. So let's go back to James four three. And I gave you, I believe, two of those points last Wednesday night. I want to very briefly re-give them to you tonight. One of the reasons that... So many people do not get the answers to prayer. It's because they're not really praying correctly. Jesus said, I'll teach you how to pray. Sit down and listen. I want to help you tonight with this. I want you to feel like we're fine-tuning some spiritual truths in your life. Number one, if you're going to get your prayers answered, you have to pray according to the will of God. God will never operate outside of his word. Years
0: ago, I heard a well-known evangelist who was a different
1: denomination than us. And he said in the latter days, the last days, that the Holy Spirit will work outside of the word. That's not going to be true. The Holy Spirit, listen, the word is settled in heaven forever. God will never work outside of the book and so we have to understand this that when we pray we have to pray according to the word of God and and the scripture is clear on that throughout the new testament we have to pray according to the word of God and last week I prayed and asked you to pray according to Romans 8:27 and I want to give that to you real quickly here. And he that searcheth the hearts knoweth what is in the mind of the spirit because he maketh intercession for the saints. Look at this, according to the will of God. Even the spirit of God himself was making intercessions for us according to the will of God. So that's that's where we start this thing. We have to pray according to the will of God. And as I mentioned, the answer no is just as important as the answer yes. Whatever God wants. That's what we pray. The second thing is that we have to learn how to pray in faith. I want you to turn to the left just a little bit, and I want you to look at this in James chapter one, verse five and six, and we, where we started a long time ago. Look at this: James chapter one, verse five and six. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. Any time we're asking God for anything, that's prayer that's how we communicate with god when we open our bibles and read our bibles god talks to us but when we pray we talk to him and if any of you lack wisdom let him ask or pray let him ask of god that give it to all men liberally and blameth not and it shall be given him but in verse 6 but let him ask in faith so when we pray we have to learn how to pray in faith according to the will of god to pray in faith. Let him ask of faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven with the wind and is tossed. So when you pray, you pray according to the will of God. Even Jesus did that in the Garden of Gethsemane. Do you remember what he said? Father, if it be thy will, let this cup pass from me. Even Jesus prayed according to the will. Of God. But we have to learn how to pray in faith, believing this. And I shared this this morning with someone on the phone. And I believe Sister Tina may be watching tonight. And she quoted me. I was talking to her on the telephone. And she quoted me. She said, Pastor, I'm I'm so uh, refreshed and in love with Jesus right now. And she said, I'm going through these different circumstances. And she said, I've heard you say many times, God loves us too much to make a mistake. And he's too wise to do that. He loves us too much to do us wrong. He's too wise to make a mistake. And she quoted me in that. And that's true. So you have to pray in faith, believing that what comes our way, God is omnipotent. He's all powerful. He can turn things north, south, east and west. Whatever we need, but we have to learn how to pray in faith. And this is where we get it in James chapter 1, verse number 5 and 6. But also, let me encourage you to remember this, and I'm going to give you two scriptures for this. When you pray, remember to pray in Jesus' name. Pray in Jesus' name. And the scripture I have for that is John chapter 14, verse 13 and 14. And the word says this, and whatsoever ye shall ask in my name, that will I do, that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If he shall ask anything in my name, I will do it. All right, now, John, there's another sermon in that, by the way, altogether. It doesn't mean that Jesus is our magic genie in the sky and everything we say he does. That's, that's another, another sermon. But in John 15, verse 16, this is what it says. Ye have not chosen me, but I have chosen you and ordain you that you should go and bring forth fruit and that your fruit should remain, that whatsoever ye shall ask of the Father in my name, he will give it you. All right, so if you're writing this down now, let that be number three. Learn how to pray in the name of Jesus. Now, the next one, number four, it comes back to James chapter four and verse number three, and that's this. Learn how to pray unselfishly. Don't be selfish in your prayer. If you can remember that, you can connect it with number one. Learn how to pray in the will of God. Don't be selfish in your prayer. Look at this, James 4, 3. You ask, you pray, and receive not. Why is it that you feel that perhaps maybe God's not answering your prayer? Is it because of selfishness where you are totally consumed with some ulterior motive that will not bring honor and glory to the Lord? Look at this. You ask and receive not because you ask amiss that you may consume it upon your own lust. And so, number four, this is pertaining to hindered prayers, why sometimes our prayers are not answered the way we pray. And then there is number five, and I want you to write this down. It's because of unconfessed sin in our life, unconfessed sin. And I want you to write this scripture down. Psalms 66, verse number 18 If we're going to ask God to do something very specific in our life, listen carefully. We have to make sure that we're right with God. Danny was teaching a wonderful Sunday school lesson this past Sunday, and he had some wonderful truths that he brought out pertaining to this subject. But look at this in Psalm 66, verse number 18. If I regard iniquity, and what is iniquity? It's sin. If I regard iniquity in my heart, Well, it's clear as day. The Lord will not hear me. Now, does that mean that God becomes a deaf person if we pray with sin in our life? Listen, God is omniscient. He's all-knowing. In fact, God knows the need that we have in our life before we know what we need. So you have to remember that he's omniscient. God knows everything. So this verse doesn't mean that God physically, spiritually is a deaf and dumb type of a mutish person. It's not that God, something has pulled a veil in front of the face of God to where he's just unable to hear you. That's not what it means. When it says, if I regard iniquity in my heart, the Lord will not answer me. And we know we have the invitation Come boldly to the throne of grace. Call unto me. You remember what the word says? Call unto me, and I will answer thee. So we have an invitation to come. We have an invitation to call. But there are some things that hinder the prayers from being answered, and that is unconfessed sin in our life. So that's something to remember. Now, number six. I want you to see this in Mark eleven twenty-five, And unforgiveness. If you are carrying some type of ought against your brother or sister, and I mean, it's driven a cruel wedge between you and you're just bound and determined that this is not going to get right. Well, first of all, as Brother Danny was teaching on Sunday morning, uh, that
0: eliminates us from the eligibility of being able to take communion because the word teaches us clearly that we need to make sure
1: that when we take communion, that everything is clean and pure and right in in our life. The scripture says, let a man examine himself, that he that eateth and drinketh, we don't do it unworthily. And if there is, any unconfessed sin in our life, like the previous point we were just making,
0: there's a serious consequence to that. But the thing about this unforgiveness is this, that
1: if we have something before us that we are fervently, earnestly, intently praying about and we are harboring unforgiveness, this is what the word says in Mark eleven twenty five. And when you stand praying, that's what we're talking about. And I'm giving you hindrances to your prayers. And I'm trying to help you tonight to write some of these things down so that maybe you can loose the chains that would bind you from having your prayers answered. And when you stand praying, look at this, forgive.
0: If ye have ought against any... That your Father also, which is in heaven, what well, says,
1: forgive if you have aught against any, that your Father also, which is in heaven, may forgive you your trespass. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father which is in heaven forgive you your trespass. And so it's clear here that when you when you pray you have got to have a clean heart and that you're not harboring unforgiveness that might be a hindrance that some of you may be going through tonight those of you that are watching that you're saying you're not getting an answer to your prayer are you harboring any any kind of unforgiveness well there's a formula here to that number 7 and this by the way pertains to all of the men so fellas if you're watching by internet tonight those of you fellas that are here this evening, this primarily pertains to you. It's number seven, hindrances to prayer. And I would like for you to write this down. They'll get the scripture on the screen. In 1 Peter chapter 3, verse number seven. And so to all the men folk that are watching and listening tonight, let me say that one of the reasons why you may not be getting an answer to your prayer, and it's a combination Accumulation of all of these things. But fellows, let me say
0: this that if you dishonor your wife, you you uh, disregard her feelings,
1: you downgrade her, you put her down, you dishonor her in any way. First Peter three seven says this likewise ye husbands. Dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor. Look at that. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel
0: and as being heirs together of the grace of life. Look at that. That your prayers be not hindered. So if we're disrespecting disregarding, degrading, if we're being unkind and cruel and mean and hostile and vile,
1: the word says here that those kind of things will definitely, significantly come into the realm of whether we have our prayers answered or not. The word says that All of these kinds of things need to be rid in our heart, rid of our life, that our prayers be not hindered. So let me give you number eight. I hope you're writing these down because you can go back to the word and reread them and that they are real. These are real things that the word of God teaches us. The disciples said, Lord, teach us to pray. These are real things that I can teach you tonight that will help your prayer life. Number eight. Things will go disarray if, in fact, we have a wrong relationship with God. And I want you to write down 1 Peter chapter 3, verse 12. It goes right hand in hand with where we are with the scripture on the screen. A wrong relation. Now, how does a person have a wrong relationship with God? We call it a backslidden condition. But look at the scripture. For the eyes of the Lord are over the righteous and his ears are open, look at this, unto their prayers.
0: But the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. So here's the thing. If we have a wrong relationship with the Lord, first of all,
1: we know his eyes and ears are open to us and we mentioned that just a few minutes ago but the face of the Lord is against them that do evil. I will tell you what, the last person I would want against me is the Lord Jesus. And number nine, I'm going to try to squeeze this in real quickly for you, and that's this. If you turn away or you turn against the word, number nine, if you turn against the word, for example, you know what the word says. You've been a Christian for how long? You're not ignorant to the fact that this is God's holy word. Some of you in here tonight, you can quote many scriptures. Some of you watching tonight by internet, you can quote many scriptures. You know what the word says. But if you turn against the word, you recklessly, knowingly disobey the word. So let me ask you, is there any part of the word where you know that God has spoken, God has made His, his will known, God has given instructions to the church, he's given instructions to us as believers. Is there any part of the word that you're neglecting, you're disobeying? That could be significant in the realm of not having an answer to prayer. And the scripture that I want to give you for point number nine is Proverbs 28 and verse number nine. This is is a tremendous verse, but I want you to look at this. If if you are disobeying the word, the word is made clear, the word has been made known to you. We preach the word from this pulpit. You know what the word says. Some of you have heard it all of your
0: life. But if you turn away from it, and you cannot justify that with God, look at this,
1: Proverbs 28, 9 he that turneth away his ear from hearing the law, even his prayer shall be abomination. So that's a serious element and hindrances to prayer. Disobeying the word of God, knowing what the word says, and you've been taught, Biblical principles and biblical truths, if you turn away from the word, the word of God says that he's going to consider our prayer to be an abomination.
0: Number 10, real quickly. If we doubt God, I want to go back
1: to James 1 and read this for you in verse number 5 through 7 again.
0: If we doubt God, And that could be in many ways. You, you could doubt that God loves you
1: because of some setback in your life. You could, you could doubt all kinds of things and think all kinds of things about God because stuff is not going your way. But if you doubt God, if you doubt the fact that he's too wise to make a mistake, if you doubt God that he loves you too much to do you wrong, look at this. Again, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberty, upbraideth not, and shall be given him. But let him ask in faith, nothing wavering, for he that wavereth is like a wave of the sea, driven of the wind and tossed. And then look at this, verse 7. For let not that man think that he shall receive anything from the Lord. So we cannot doubt him. And if there, is, if there are areas in our life where we're doubting God, according to that passage of Scripture, the word says, let not that man think that he shall receive anything. And I want to give you the last point. We'll close tonight. I'm thankful that we were able to give you all 11. And this is something that's probably not mentioned enough, something that should be mentioned quite a bit more. Whether it be church wide or in our personal lives, and that's this. Did you know that if we neglect, if we ignore the poor, our prayers will not be heard? He said, Preacher, I've never heard that before. Look at this. Proverbs twenty-one thirteen. Proverbs twenty-one thirteen. Whoso stoppeth his ears at the cry of the poor. He shall also cry himself,
0: but shall not be heard. Isn't that powerful? I think that's one of the reasons why Gail,
1: she, she carries around stuff in her car all the time. And if she pulls up to a stoplight and she sees, and look, we've been doing this for 40 years. We know that there are players out there but we also know that there are some real destitute people. She'll pull up at a red light, and there's a guy carrying around a sign saying, I will work for food or something like that. Listen, how many how many people are really going to put that man in their car, take him to their house, and make him work for food? How many people really do that? The sign that means nothing, I will work for
0: food. But here's the thing. I'm not the judge, and neither is she. And so a lot of times
1: she'll pull up to those stop signs or red lights whenever those people are peddling out there. She, and, and I'm telling you now, she does it a whole lot more than I do. I, I really got to be spiritual. I really got to be in touch with God. I really got to be doing this pastor thing. When I get to those red lights and I see them people coming up to me, I, I've got, listen, I've got to be on praying ground with God before I raise my, lower my window down. Now, she, I worry about her sometime. It, one of these days, it ain't going to go right. I don't know, but she'll she'll give them money. She'll give them stuff. And I think this scripture right here, uh, she's the queen of that. She does it all the time if we neglect the poor. Well, there's an old song that says, thank you, Lord, for your blessings on me. Aren't we all appreciative for what God has given to us tonight? I mean, back up five, ten years, has the Lord not brought you a long way? We all have stuff to be thankful for. But turning a blind eye to the poor, you read it yourself tonight in the scripture, it's a hindrance to prayer. So I've given you 11 principles tonight. And if we just consider them and develop them in our own personal life, how can, I, how can I fine-tune this and that and that in my life to help me to be more of a prayer warrior? Help me to be more of a servant of God. Lord, teach us to pray. Jesus said, okay, I'll do that. And tonight I've helped you. I've taught you how to pray a little bit better. I hope it's been a blessing to you.
0: You listen to Pastor Tony Kahoot. For more information, visit our website at Church.com.